Mama's White Gravy, a podcast of nostalgic days gone, times remembered, sights, sounds, and smells of the past that many call the good old days. We hope that this podcast will give you a way of looking to the future while holding on to those good parts that came before. So here's Clyde McCulley, your host and author of The Boy on Shady Grove Road. A couple of weeks ago, I was sitting here thinking about uh, some of the old home, re- home remedies that we used to use out on the farm. Uh, we live in a little town in Arkansas, and people out in the country there had their own ways of taking care of themselves when they got sick. And uh, I was thinking my dad had a little corner cupboard in the kitchen, uh, had a little glass uh, uh, inset, and so you could see inside the, the uh, little cupboard, the little corner cupboard, and he had a selection of things on that, on that shelf. And I remember there was there was camper, there was a jar of Vicks, Vicks, remember Vicks Ab, Vicks. There was a little thing of Sloan's liniment, there was peroxide, there was castor oil, there was kerosene, uh, black drought uh, laxative, I don't know if any of you remember black drought, D-R-A-U-G-H-T, black drought uh, laxative. There was a bottle of Hadacol there, remember Hadacol? There was Carter's Little Liver Pills, there was a Witch Hazel, and a bottle of Campophonique. Oh yes, a Mercure Chrome, and also Methylate. Who knows what else there might have been, but that's the ones I remember. I remember the time McKinney and I tried to decide to see if we could uh, make something to get hot like a chemical. So we tried one day taking a little bit of each one of those things and mixing them together, thinking maybe we'd figure out how to make a rocket fuel. <laughs> that didn't work at all. It just it didn't even get any warmer than our hands were. <laughs> so that didn't work. But anyway. Uh, after this, I, I thought, well, I should try to find out what other people think. So I have uh, friends down in Arkansas on my Facebook uh, list, and I wrote out a thing to them saying, any of you have old home remedies that you'd like to share with me that uh, you or your folks or your grandparents use that you remember? And also, I wrote back to uh, on Facebook to my friends at Graham and Ann Island in uh, Canada, who runs with Canada, where Sue and I used to spend the summers. And they had a lot of the same kind of ideas. A lot of those people on the island there were raised quite poor, like a lot of us uh, people out in the sticks of Arkansas there, out from Benton, Arkansas, Congo Road, and other roads as well. We're in Lonsdale and toward, oh gosh, I can't remember all the names of the little towns now, Mount Olive and lots lots of places like that. And of course, Bauxite, Bryant. And uh, so anyway, as I did this, I started getting a ton of uh, people's reactions as to what they used or their parents used. And so I thought, well, this is pretty good. Well, it's about time I was ready to start working on this thing. I, uh, I have pulmonary fibrosis. I have a lung condition. I never, never was a smoker, but somehow or other I got this crazy condition, which is kind of hard on my lungs. And I got a cold. It kind of was in my head, and I, I started getting a fever. And I got kind of worried about it, and I started coughing, 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 coughing my head off and thinking, you know, how can I use some of these old remedies we used to use? Well, I couldn't even find this stuff around the house like we used to have in those days. Well, to make a long story short, I contacted my doctor and he said, you've got to go into the emergency room and have them look at you there And uh, because I have this pulmonary problem. So anyway, I did that, wound up being there three days. I had a fever, I had all kinds of tubes running in me. I was sitting there or laying there in the bed, you know, looking up at all of this stuff and they were giving me shots every little while and all kind of, uh, it wasn't anything like we used to have in our little medicine cabinet, I know that. So anyway, came back home after three days and still kind of under the weather. I've been laying around in bed and 
and I'm feeling much better. So I thought, well, I'll try to do this little podcast if my voice will hold up to it. So anyway, bear with me because there's some things I want to cover with you that I learned from the people in Bethan and down in Arkansas and also the Grand Manan and other places that people had ideas from the old home remedies from the past. I started getting kinds of results from this. The first thing that people wanted to talk about was colds and, and coughs. And uh, one woman wrote to me and she said, my grandmother was a part American Indian and she said she believed in using mare's milk for a cold. You know, a, a donkey, a horse, a mare. <laughs> I don't know where you can find mare's milk, but that's what she believed in, or her grandmother believed in using. Another was, we used this for a sore throat and a cough and so forth, and that was sugar and coal oil or kerosene. Now, my daddy did this too. I remember that he used to uh, take a spoonful of sugar, and then he'd put drops of kerosene on it, coal oil we called it in those days, and he'd put these drops of coal oil on that, and then he'd tell me to swish it around in my mouth and then swallow it. And he said, now that'll make your cough feel better. And not only that, he said it lubricates your innards. So <laughs> I guess it did something for me. Uh, some of you may remember a guy named Jerry Clower, a comedian, a country comedian. Someone wrote this one in to me. They said, Jerry Clower said that his mom gave him black drought to laxative. Uh, he said, if it didn't cure, it, it didn't cure the thing, but it sure made you scared enough not to cough or especially not to sneeze. <laughs> uh, some others said they used, uh, their folks used pine tar or creosote mixed with apparently sugar. I'm not sure about that one. Others said they boiled onions and inhaled the steam. Their mothers would put uh, cloth over their head and have them get over the uh, boiling onions and inhale the steam from them. Of course, homemade chicken soup is a favorite of a lot of people that would uh, you know take the old idea of the homemade chicken soup a lot of people still believe that to this day i don't know what there is about the chicken or what there is about the soup still believe in that today uh, honey and whiskey is another favorite for sore throats and for also for coughs and uh, a number of you wrote and wrote in to me and told me that your grandparents or grandmother or even your mothers would use that another would buy take a bag and tied around your neck that was full of herbs or Vicks. Another said they used turpentine and they would rub in the hollow of your neck. Now turpentine is pretty strong. It can kind of burn you. <laughs> I do remember that from when I was a kid, but uh, they said they were hit right in that little hole there in your throat. Uh, in your throat. They'd take and rub turpentine in that and that would help to make that feel better. That was kind of a interesting one for me for sure. Uh, another thing that people wanted to talk about was as far as sore throats went, some of them said that their mother or grandmother or whatever would have them gargle with peroxide. This is hydrogen peroxide. Now I don't know about at your house, but when I was a poor kid living out on the farm, hydrogen peroxide was important for everything. We put it on cuts, we had we swallowed our throat with it, we did everything with it. But yeah, I remember if you had a cut you take and pour the hydrogen peroxide in it and you let it stay until it started bubbling and then if it started bubbling you know that it was getting the, the uh, germs out and so that would keep you from getting all kind of tetanus and everything else I guess we thought. Another one said that their throats were swabbed every year uh, they would take or their mother would take a cotton wrap it around a stick 
and then uh, they put it down into mercurochrome or methylate, and then they take and swab that around in their throat. Oh my gosh, it's a wonder we didn't kill ourselves in those days. Is it? Is it? A warm tea and honey was, of course, another one that a number of people wrote into wrote in about. Uh, one thing I found kind of interesting was people for with their earaches. Uh, some of them said they put drops of peroxide, hydrogen peroxide, right down into their ears. Another uh, said that their mother always, or grandmother, I guess it was, believed in using drops of urine into the ear. In other words, somebody would have to, I guess, pee in a bottle or something, and uh, they would uh, drop these drops of urine into the ear, and that would help the earache. And some would just uh, tell them tell them it'd get better. Another would war- use warm salt in a cast iron skillet. Now, I remember cast iron skillets are very favorite people in the South, especially. They would warm salt in a cast iron skillet, and then wrap it in cloth, and press that against the ear. And they felt that that would take the soreness out or the infection, whatever it might be. Uh, another person said, if you're gonna put your eardrops in of urine, it has to be your own urine. And it has to be natural. It can't be artificial in any way. It's gotta come from you yourself and put it in there. Another, I got this from two or three people. It said they believed in uh, blowing cigarette smoke into your ear. I never had that, I never had that done to me. My brother was a smoker. But uh, they said, gently blow the cigarette smoke into the ear. Another said, just put smoke in the ear. I don't know how you'd get that into there. Uh, someone else said, as far as tick bites go, a yellow mustard was the thing to use to uh, for tick I We always had tick bites. Oh, my gosh. We had so many ticks. There were chick, ticks and chiggers all over the place in Arkansas when I was growing up as a kid. And I remember, uh, as far as bee stings go, I got this from a number of people. They said they're... Their grandparents or parents would use either snuff or tobacco juice on their bee stings. And I remember many times getting stung by yellow jackets uh, out on the farm, and my daddy would just take and get me over there, and he'd take, dip his, take his finger and run it down into his lower lip, and take out some of the uh, wet snuff inside his lower lip and put that over the bee sting and just a little while the, the soreness would come out I don't know it seemed to take the poison out somehow or I'm not sure how they did it now of course somebody said well if it's going to be snuff it has to be what was it Garrett Garrett snuff I remember that remedies remedies for infected eyes uh, came with this kind of uh, announcement some said you need to put warm milk into your eyes and warm milk became that recipe comes from an old Irish grandmother. She swore by it that if you put warm milk in your eyes, it'd make them uh, better. Another said to wash the copper penny and then gently rub the over the eyelid for a sty. If you had a sty, just wash up a penny, a copper penny, and then rub it over the uh, the, uh, the eyelid. Another said to take tea bags and just place them over the eyes, and it would take pull the infection right out of the eye. As far as nosebleed goes. Uh, a butter knife and put you put the butter knife in the freezer then you put it on the back of the neck and that is supposed to somehow stop the nosebleed. How that works I don't know but that's what someone said that there, uh, two or three people I think mentioned that to me they always use that. Another one said place a dime over your tongue to stop a nosebleed. Now, that was kind of interesting to me that you place a dime over your tongue and that would stop the nosebleed. Some of these things I've never tried and I'm not sure I recommend them but I'm just reading them to you that People wrote to me, another person, and this is something that has some people concerned, and I just got a shingle shot the other day, too, while I was always into all this mess. And uh, another person said for shingles, their grandparents believed in taking cold cream, and you uh, put red pepper into it, and then you, red, you rub the red pepper all over the 
uh, shingles. I feel sorry if anybody has shingles, and I don't know how it like that. I have a feeling that one would be pretty hot. As far as warts go, they said take a, and rub a penny over a wart, and that'll make the wart go away. Another says uh, rub a penny over the wart and say some magic words, but they couldn't remember what their grandpa used to say, what the magic words were. Another grandma says she puts a piece of white thread and uh, over and rubs it into a little ball over the wart, uh, and she buries the thread under a tree. And when the thread rots, the wart will go away. I've never tried it, but I'd be interested in some of your opinions on that. As far as toothaches go, someone said that you should uh, grate up a potato or an onion and put it on the tooth uh, for a toothache. I don't know if that, believe, believe it or not, that might work. It may not. I don't know. I never tried that one either. It'd be interesting to see if you want to try that one sometime. For ringworm, they said take black, uh, black walnut shell. That's the green part, you know, from the black walnut. And you rub it over the uh, ringworm and it might go away. Another said take a paste from a black walnut shell and rub it uh, into uh, the ringworm. Someone said for baby jaundice, you bake an onion and then you use the juice and give it to the baby from the from the onion. I'm not sure how that goes about. And potato skins are good for bug bites, they said. Just take and rub potato skins all over the bug bites. It'll help take the a soreness out or get rid of them, I guess. As far as worms go, if your kids had worms, it says drop a drop or two of pure of turpentine and sugar and have the kid eat. It's guaranteed to kill worms and probably kill a few other things down there too, I suppose. Another said take a heaping teaspoon full of sugar and put six to eight drops of turpentine in it and then you swallow that and that'll help kill the worms. As far as boils go, you know, when you, I remember one time when I was a kid, I got a boil. Only one time in my life I ever got a boil. It was horrible. They said salt pork, uh, you take a piece of salt pork and put it over the boil and it will draw the, draw the uh, boil to a head and then it'll leave you. So as far as, uh, let's see, if you eat poison, they eat poison on French bread and uh, her mama made her take one cup of liquid. Oh, I know. And then she, if she ate poison, she'd have her take a piece of French bread and she'd put a cup of liquid uh, grease with it, and then she'd have her eat that until all the grease was gone and that would kill the poison. Well, it probably would, but I'm not sure what else it might do in the process. <laughs> as far as splinters, remember we used to get splinters a lot when we were kids. Uh, take bacon fat or salt pork and put it on the splinter and it will tend to draw it, draw it out. And as far as burns go, a number of people said blow on it. Blow in, you call it, they called it blowing out the burn. The mouth, I guess, and burn until it, uh, there was just some general things that people use and that mentioned in uh, general. One was vinegar for burns. Uh, another was a uh, tablespoon of local honey for uh, allergies. If you have allergies, you should uh, use only local honey. Nothing else because it comes from flowers around in your area, and it's probably where you have the allergies too, I guess. Another, of course, was hydrogen peroxide. And, of course, our all-time favorite everything with everybody was castor oil. Oh, my goodness. My mother, if I got a little tummy ache at all, well, then I knew I was going to have to go get, I was going to have to get, take castor oil. She'd go to that corner cover, she'd take that down, and, you know, I can start tasting that castor oil to this day. It's the most horrible stuff in the world, I think. But she would always, would try to, if she knew I was going to have to have this, she'd try to stop by the store and buy one orange, and she'd bring that orange home and cut it up for me so I could suck on it as soon as I, or maybe she'd squeeze it in the juice, I can't remember. I tried to cut the horrible flavor of that, uh, that castor oil. Of course, you knew what was going to happen. That castor oil was going to make you throw up and pour along your little through with your bellyache, and that made it work just fine. 
Another thing that a lot of people used to do in the old days as far as coals and coughs and so forth, they'd take Vicks. Remember the jar of Vicks? You took, put some you know, on your finger and you put some up each of your nostrils and your mother would tell you to take, put your finger in the jar, you take a big wad of that and put it in your mouth and you just suck on it until it's all gone. And uh, here we were taking, we were getting camper, but I gosh how much petroleum we were getting with it at the same time. Uh, as I said, for uh, coals you use molasses and soda and ginger in a cup and you put that all together. Uh, of course turpentine and lard mixed together and then put it on the chest, some people said. So others said use sulfur. And uh, others said use Vicks. Uh, just fill your full, mouth full of it. It'll make you feel better. If uh, vinegar and honey and uh, friar's balsam and eucalyptus in a, some kind of uh, in a can and put it over the stove and then you use a, cover, a cardboard cone to breathe it up into you so that you'll get that camper smell. And one other was croup kettle, uh, hot water, and a tincture of, looks like benzene or something like that. I'm not sure about that one. So anyway, as you can see, there's lots of uh, people's, different people's ideas about what uh, we should do for home remedies. I, I didn't mention any of those to my doctors when I was in the hospital the other day. I think they would have freaked out and probably said, oh my gosh, no wonder you're in here with all these pulmonary problems that you have, uh, you know, you took all that stuff when you were a kid. <laughs> But uh, anyway, we did, and we lived through a lot of them, didn't we? Of course, we used to also take, not for, not for medicinal purposes, but I remember Kenny and I used to try to find old thermometers so we could break them and, and have those balls of mercury roll around in our hands and make these nice little balls, and then you'd take and put a, a dime on there, a dime or a quarter, it had to be silver, a dime or a quarter, and you'd rub it, and oh my gosh, it'd get so beautifully shiny for a while. Then it'd get kind of gray after that. But of course, now we know that we shouldn't mess with it stuff such as mercury. And uh, I suppose it's outlawed now. now. But anyway, we did a lot of wonderful things when we were kids. We lived through most of them. And uh, I'm still sitting here telling you about them today. The other thing that I wrote out uh, to all my friends about, and I'll be talking about in another podcast, is about superstitions. My daddy was full of superstitions. He was a country boy that uh, had many superstitions. And I got back a lot of information from you that I'll be doing this in another podcast telling you about some of the superstitions of your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, or sometimes a neighbor across the street or who knows what. So anyway, it's been kind of fun talking to you. I feel glad I feel a little bit better. Sorry it's been so long since we did the podcast, but I just couldn't get to it. So anyway, uh, I didn't take any of that stuff at the hospital except all kinds of antibiotics. And so uh, here I am today still talking to you. And you know, praise the good Lord that we're still all here and the water hasn't risen too high above the creek anyway, in the creek anyway. Okay, thanks again. I'll talk to you soon.